You're listening to keynote speeches from our Melbourne Podcasters live event series. These are recorded at the event live and feature some of the best podcast professionals from around Australia who reveal the craft and technique of creating a successful show. I'm your host, Adam Jaffrey. I'm the strategy director at Wavelength Creative. We produce this show you're listening to right now and run the live events. Today's topic is nailing the podcast interview, what preparation and technique you need. Featuring our keynote speaker, Timbo Reed, host of the number one marketing show in the country, The Small Business Big Marketing Show. Do you think all podcasts need to have an interview? No. No, no, they don't. And it's a, it's the default position, you know. And again, we, we just go, I'm going to podcast, therefore my podcast will be full of interviews. And I fell straight into that eight years ago when I started my show. And it's been good to me, but it doesn't mean it's the only way to format a podcast, right? There's lots of different ways you can structure your show. You could have what I call the soapbox, which is you getting up on your soapbox and expressing an opinion around whatever your podcast is about and doing that on a regular basis. Uh, You could have a co-host where you express opinions to each other and you challenge each other and, and that's essentially replacing the interview. You could have an interview. You could have a listener question format where you literally are just taking questions from your listeners and make make them up in the first few episodes, but then they start to roll in. Um, Or, and this is what I do now with my show, is I combine all those things. Um, I have a number of different segments. Um, Mine's a magazine-style show. So the interview is at the heart of the small business big marketing show, but I would like to think that the things that that I pepper around it, um, I have a segment called What Have You Got To Lose, which is a free or very inexpensive marketing idea that I share each week. I just finished a segment with a sponsor called Life Just Got A Whole Lot Easier, which was uh, my sponsor sharing a productivity tip once a week. Um, I have a soapbox segment. I have a listener listener question segment. So, yeah, I just think the interview is the default and it shouldn't be. I think you should really sit down and listen to other podcasts and other radio shows and other TV shows and other mediums and see what they're doing in terms of a format because there are lots. And, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at with interviews. So why do you think people default to the interview then? Pretty easy on the surface, right? I just get someone in and we'll have a chat and you're away. But don't ever think like that because that's it's sort of a bit lazy. Like a good interview is hard, you know. A really it's really hard. Uh, it's really fun, but uh, you know it just seems to me that it's it's a very easy way to create content by talking to someone else. Much harder to talk to the microphone directly if it's just you, uh, and it's much and it's harder to find a co-host. So the interview is just easy. We fall back on that as the default. You got a question? So why do you say that it's hard? Yeah. Um, maintaining the audience interest as a podcaster, as someone who's responsible for bringing people to a show to listen to, who actively go out of the way to find my show, download it, occupy their phone, make an effort to hit play and listen to me as they're walking the dog. I take that as a huge responsibility. And so therefore, if I'm going to do an interview, I'm going to make that interview very sticky so that you love it, you benefit from it, your business grows as a result of it, because mine's a marketing show. Um, And I, I want to deliver on that. And, I, and I, maybe I'm hard on myself. I was doing an interview today and, you know, I had to work particularly hard at getting this fellow up and about because I knew he had it in him, 
But um, as an aside, something that's happened to me of recent months is that I'm doing my podcast at the moment out of, of, a, out of 3AW, just up the road. Um, and I didn't, and I th- it's really good because I just walk in and I, away we go. But I'm realising that guests walk in and they go, there's Neil Mitchell or there's a studio and there's an on-air and it's like they completely melt down and it's like... You know, it's, I, I now realise that, and I spend, and I work hard at making them feel comfortable. Uh, so that again, so when I say hard, I say that lovingly, not like fuck, it's hard. I wish I didn't have to do this. I love it, but I think as podcasters, and I'm going to digress a little bit. So you, your job's to pull me back, right? I've gone down a rabbit hole. I'll just pull the mic out. <laughs> <laughs> but but as a yeah, like that quite seriously. Like I can go down, and if my guest goes down a rabbit hole along a topic or a subject that. I didn't ask that question of um, you, the interview. I've got to remember where we were and go back. So you know, start again. And and I sometimes forget that, and I sometimes talk too much, and I sometimes use the word I and not you, and 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 it's just a constant battle, you know, about I'm there to represent the audience. The guest is there to impart their gold. I'm there to facilitate that, and sometimes, and that's a battle in itself because I like talking about myself, and who doesn't? That's why it's easy to get guests, because everyone likes talking about themselves. Part of my show is that I am building a personality around me, but I can never let that overtake anyone who comes on my show. People say, why is the small business big marketing show successful? It it, it ain't the best marketing show out there, I can tell you right now, and I'm not the best marketer, but I found this intersection between education, because I'll never let you leave an episode of my show not having learnt, and I'll never, and, I've, and the other axes is entertainment. And I'll never let you leave my show without having smiled. So you've smiled as you've learned. And I pride myself on that little intersection. And as a result, constantly come back to it. And I've just got to make, I've just got to balance that. So what do you look for, Timbo, in a good guest? Uh, some, someone who I have an innate curiosity about and who, have I, who I have just have this... I've got a question that I have of them that I would love them to answer. So an example would be uh, a few weeks ago, I have an episode, I put an episode out where I interviewed the fellow who is responsible for Swiss multivitamins success, right? They sold last December for $1.7 billion. As a consumer, as a watcher of TV, as a consumer of the media, I'd see all these Swiss ads, right? With all these amazing celebrities and sports people and going, and a marketing guy, I'm going, that's just costing a fortune. So I have this question about Swiss, which is, why do you do that? And does it really, really work? I guess it does, but I need to know more. So. Um, I happened, I was lucky enough, I was at a Hawthorne football function mid-year. I sat next to Radek Sali, who is the guy who was responsible for Swiss's success. 38 years old, sold it in December for $1.7 billion and had a 15% stake. And I'm like, man, I've got so many questions for you. Can I interview you? It was like that. You know, I was like a kid in a lolly shop meeting this person who, have, who I have such admiration and curiosity for. So, and so, therefore, that interview is going to be easy, right? That's just going to be but, so but, easy. But is it? Because it's so easy. Because not only, then I had lunch with him and he's an ace guy and he's just cool and he was easy to talk to and he was very giving in his information over lunch. So I'm like, well get him in the studio and he was no different. So maybe a better question is how do you um, avoid a bad interview guest? I 
Haven't had to avoid too many. There's probably been three interviews over the course of doing nearly 400 where I've just not run with them. I just, it didn't work, right? I put them inside a, a forum that I used to have so my forum members could hear those interviews because they were okay. They just weren't up to a standard. But um, I, I, don't, I, I think there is an innate kind of, I have an instinct, and again, we, we should as people who are there to represent our audience, we've got to have an instinct to see would our, would, who else would like to listen to this person. And I then go, okay, once I've identified them, I do a pre-interview. And I didn't always do pre-interviews, but I've been doing pre-interviews now for about 18 months, and that works really well. All right, so tell me, why do you do a pre-interview and what's involved in it? For many years, uh, the first few years, I just went on, I went on gut instinct and just enjoyed getting people in and having a chin wag. And as the show got more serious and things started to happen as a result of my show and sponsors came on board and all that, I kind of got to pick your game up. So, and the pre-interview is kind of cool because it gives you a sense of the person's voice. Have they got an accent? Are they are they great speaking? Are they giving or are they sitting back? Are they giving closed answers or open answers? It helps me identify um, little moments. So I already know what I'm going to ask them, but I don't know what I don't know. So I find out those little 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 ones, little one percenters, using a bit of a gut instinct. And um, the pre-interview is fantastic. The next step is actually preparing for the, the the real interview. So talk to me, Timbo, about like what you actually like. Let's actually walk through that process. What do you do when you're preparing to interview somebody? Not as much as you think. I'm a little bit embarrassed at the amount of research I don't do, but I'm also kind of proud of it because I will find an interview my guest has done elsewhere, YouTube, a blog, uh, a magazine, a podcast. Um, I'll, have a, I'll have a listen to that, generally not all of it. I will look at my guest's social media uh, and have a quick squiz around that, look at their website. I might have tried their product or service. And then I have, as a structure in my mind, I have a funnel or an inverted pyramid. And my goal, first of all, going back a step from the funnel, actually, I go into an interview with one question, one big question in mind. Your question to me is, how do you nail the interview? So we've got to get that right tonight. Whatever else comes, happy days, right? We've got to get that. That's the big question for tonight. My big question for Radak Saleh from Swiss was, how does celebrity endorsement work? Now we went to all other places in that interview, much better than celebrity endorsement, but I got that question answered. So I go in with the, the key question that I want answered. Then I have a funnel, and the funnel at the top is a series of questions around where'd that business idea come from? You know, how did you get it to market? Tell me about the moment you were lying awake at night thinking this just ain't gonna work. Or, or on the opposite of that, Tell me about the time when you looked at someone and gone, this is going to work. This is going to be huge. And we kind of we dig in. So now we're starting to get down the funnel. And then I talk about getting it to market and some of the challenges. And then halfway down that funnel where it's getting to the pointy end, in my mind, I've got all my marketing questions, right? How do you get customers? What's your view on marketing? How much do you spend on marketing? Wherever I tend to go with that person. But I'm, I, I like to start broad. And that's where the interesting conversation is and often the entertainment. And then I like to narrow in on marketing because it's called the Small Business Big Marketing Show. And that's generally where the learnings are. That's my planning. And I have a series of questions. Sometimes I never use them, but it's helped me structure. 
I find it interesting that you don't do a lot of research. Is there a reason for that? Is it that you're just lazy? Yeah, or, part, yeah, 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 it is. Or is it lack yeah. of time? No, no, or it's not lack like of time. Podcasting is what I do, so I'd have the time. But I, um, it's maybe it's a little bit lazy, but it's also uh, intentional because I sort of want to be a little bit surprised. I mean, I don't want to look like a duffer. I go in with enough. Like I know what they do. I know what these people are about and what they do and what you know enough to look as though I'm half reasonably smart but I just don't want to be overly planned because I prefer conversations to just and at the end of the day it is for me it's a conversation because back to the hardness of the interview the lady asked the question earlier as podcasters who are planning to do interview based shows you can choose to be a journalist or you can choose to be someone more than a journalist I don't see myself as a journalist although more and more I'm getting comfortable with the idea that part of me is a journalist. I never studied journalism. But there's a guy in, I'll tell you a little story. There's a guy in marketing called Seth Godin. And Seth is like the doyen of marketing in the world, right? He's amazing. He's written some incredible books. He's got an incredible blog. He's an incredible speaker. So I approached Seth like five, six years ago. And he said no. And I was so shattered. And I subsequently found out a listener emailed me and the listener said, hey, have a listen to this interview Seth's done on another podcast talking about why he said no to you, not to me specifically, but to other podcasters. The reason he said no is he thought there, was a, he thought there were too many podcasters out there doing interview-based shows with well-known people to raise their own brand, to build their own personal brand, right? And they're bringing nothing to the party. And I took offence to that because, and he didn't mention me, so like he wasn't pointing the finger, but I kind of felt that I was in that group that he was referring to. He hadn't listened to my show, I don't think, because I share my marketing opinions. I challenge my guests on things that they say or do and, you know, maybe give an opinion of what I would do. So I'm kind of more than a journalist. I'm bringing my own marketing expertise. To me, that's, to me, that's really important. Did you ever get stuck or guessed and how you solve that Never. And no, you won't either. No one will. Unless you've got some weird topic. You just can't. People want to talk about themselves. Now, that doesn't mean you take everyone, right? You can be selective. You be selective from the start. You know, if you're starting a podcast, um, I think the best strategy is to find the, the most noteworthy guest that your listeners would know because that's going to help your numbers early days. The guest, that guest is going to be harder to get because you've got no track record. You've got no hook. But... Um, no, and I don't go to weird lengths to get guests. I identify someone. My most basic email is subject line and interview request and then, you know, a couple of lines about why, what, who I am and why I'd love you to share your knowledge on my show. It's not some long-winded 500-word email who no one's going to read it. So if you have a fear around getting guests, lose it. Should you be interrupting more? Yes, and the second part is how on earth does one do that? How do you interrupt someone? You just go, whoa, 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 hang on. I love what you said about that, but you just said you're a psychotherapist. Can you tell me about that? Why are you a psych... You know, like, and so you just go, just as you would in a conversation, show interest, curiosity, go down that rabbit hole with them, remember where you've got to come back to, um, and, and enjoy that. It's just like interrupting in a conversation. So maybe, I, I, I can't give you a firm opinion as to whether you should be interrupting more or letting them go, but maybe you need to play with that 
interrupting idea in order to see whether it is the right thing to do because you may well be having people that you are interviewing say things and I get emails from listeners who say oh my god such and such said this and you didn't ask them and it's like cool so I'm always looking as the interviewer for emotional words I didn't sleep for the first five weeks of that business going live well then you tell me about not sleeping I want to know about that how is your health? How is your family? How is your personal life? How is your mental health? And I'll go down that rabbit hole with them because them saying that is such an easy thing to go, yeah, I didn't sleep for the first five weeks, but after that, the business was going really well and we made a million bucks. Now, it'd be easy enough to say, wow, you made a million bucks. Tell me about that. I'll go, I want to know about the million bucks, but let's go back to those sleepless nights. At what point do you go, all right, do I follow this tangent, this rabbit hole, or do I stick oh, to you, my script? Gut instinct. You, you know. You know. I'll notice something something about someone or they'll say something and I just go, you know what, we're just going to go there because I've, I picked it up, so someone listening will have picked it up and just go for it. I don't know that anyone, that everybody feels the same way, that it's easy and that there's instinct that just, oh yeah, I can, I can do that. So have you always been that way? I've always been curious. Curiosity is different to being confident of which direction to Well, take the curiosity forces me to act on my instincts because I can't really let something go if it remains unanswered. And I just, again, think if it, remain, it remains unanswered with me, it's going to remain unanswered with someone else listening, right? So I've got better at it, and I think you do. Like, again, anyone who's thinking of starting a podcast here or is in early days, you're probably lacking a little bit of confidence and trying new things. But... Just keep going and try new things and, you know, build that muscle, whatever that muscle is, whether it's be the instinctive muscle or the curiosity muscle or the interrupting muscle or whatever it is, you've got to keep practicing it and try new things. Otherwise, you're just going to get the same old result. What's your view on the balance of like Christine Yeah. People are listening to our shows at the gym on the train, in the car, walking the dog, where ambient noise is at a very high level. We're competing with road noise, we're competing with train noise, gym noise, all that type of stuff. So um, it's really incumbent upon us to work hard at our audio. Doesn't mean you can't, if you meet someone tonight and go, can I just grab you and do a quick little interview out there? Doesn't mean you can't do it on your iPhone, but it shouldn't be, you know, you would introduce that segment in your show as, hey, listen, look, I was at this event. I could not not speak to this person. I grabbed two minutes of their time. Sorry about the audio. And we're forgiving, right? But... Um, don't make it a habit. How does the the environment in which you're interviewing actually change the way you conduct an interview? For myself, I want as little of things to worry about as possible. So I don't want to be having to think about technology and anything that can go wrong. So I need to have all that sorted out. I don't want to be worried about acoustics or being um, disturbed or disrupted. So I want all that sorted out. From the guest point of view, if it is face-to-face, I mean, Richard Feidler at Ospod, right? He talked about Richard Feidler's the best interviewer in Australia with conversations, that show on the ABC. And they moved into these new offices, ABC Studios in Brisbane, on the Brisbane River. And he, because he's like the rock star of ABC Radio, he was given this amazing studio overlooking the river, big glass, all that type of stuff. But the guests would come in and freeze, right? They would just completely freak out going, wow, I mean, this is this is Hollywood. This is, and so he's now in the back blocks of the ABC studios in a very average room um, that doesn't scare guests. So, um, yeah, environment's important. 
you've just got to figure out what can you control and what can't you control. Timbo, have you ever been caught uh, caught out in, in an interview like um, with some dead silence? The, the guest is answering a question. You're kind of looking down at your notes to figure out what's next and they stop and you go... Where were we? <laughs> yeah, well, has that happened? But like, tell sure. me about a time that's happened. Well, it's it's that's cool. I don't mind that. You know, like it's real. Radio's just so polished and so like, oh, we're gonna get going. We've got a sponsor. And we've got this and we've got that. And but you know, and the the silences. You know, you get a, a rap over the knuckles for. But I don't think it matters, you know? And and if it does and you're uncomfortable with it, then say, hey, that was a bit awkward, wasn't it, hey? I want to head into the final kind of section of this discussion, um, which is the actual interview itself. And we've touched on this a few times already, but um, let's maybe start with the day of the interview. You know, you're interviewing somebody. What do you actually do when you're, when you're setting up? What's your mind frame? Um, you know, what do you do before you actually... Before you press record, it sounds like it's such a big thing. It's like oh, I, I floss and I uh, always shave. Um, do you, do, like, you, do I, you have a routine? No, look, I probably do. I've never observed it. I'm always excited. Like I genuinely am. Really, every time I get to do an interview, and if I lose this, then I think I would stop my show because I am genuinely excited, and that's why I'm genuinely disappointed when sometimes my guests don't deliver or I don't deliver. So this is the reason I was asking about your mind frame. Yeah. You know, you you go into an interview really excited. Yeah. Tell me about that. Excited. I just want to get going. I want, I want to get that first question out of the way. I want that first emotional response to come so I can prod and poke around that. I want to get a laugh in. I want to get an aha moment where I know a listener's gone, oh my God, I could do that. Um, I want to kind of hit those moments. Let's take those one at a time. Why, why is a laugh important in, in the beginning of a podcast? Because that's a core value of mine. My old man was a, a, a great character. Humour was everything and I've inherited it. I have to, I have to laugh, rightly or wrongly. Um, and and if, it, if it, there's not a laugh coming, I need to, make, I need to find one because that's, just, that's, that's fundamental to me. It's just that I need a laugh. You know, I, one of the things that podcasting has led to for me is public speaking and I had a pretty okay slide deck when I first started public speaking a few years ago. I, it was full of good marketing ideas for small business but there was no smile and there was no story. So I employed a speaking coach, in fact two, Troy and Zara, there are a couple, stand-up comedians, right? And the biggest lesson I could that Zara taught me and that completely turned my particularly public speaking around was that you work in chunks so let me let's say I wanted to let's say I have a chunk in my keynote around podcasting around interviewing it's the interviewing chunk it's like a chapter in order for me to impart some knowledge to you about interviewing I need to have a story a point and a funny and it doesn't matter what order I share those to you in. I can give you a funny, then make a point, and then tell a story. Or I could tell you a story, make a point, and then crack a gag. doesn't matter as long as I, that chunk consists of those three things. That way, I will communicate well to you. So I think it's actually about knowing who you're communicating with, why they want communication in that style. And then if that matches the way that you communicate, then there's a nice synergy and you can create a great show. Mm-hmm. Great. One of the final things I wanted to actually touch on was um, how you get the most out of your guests, right? So, Timbo, you're a very energetic guy and you come to the interview with a lot of energy that you bring. But uh, I've done interviews where people, it's just hard to get something out of them. How do you, how do, you do that? How do you, hmm. What approach do you take to try and get the best from your guests? Humor. 
I mean, for me, it is always going to come back to humour, uh, just to get a conversation going, to make someone feel comfortable, to make it less of an interview and more of a conversation, to know that they're not going to get... It's not a current affair, right? It's, it's not the style of my show. Um, I will poke and prod. Sometimes I might even say, Adam, Adam, I, I know I've asked you this twice already, but just can I ask you one more time, where do you get that beard trimmed? Because... It's you know, and I'll just I'll just have another go, and maybe by then they'll just go laugh and they'll go, I haven't been very forthcoming, have I, or whatever. But um, don't don't marketing is a funny thing, and like with all your podcasts, most of them, although there's a couple of people I spoke to on the way in tonight who uh, it's not a marketing channel for them having a podcast. That's cool, but for many of you, it will be no matter what your industry. And when we go to market ourselves, we all of a sudden try and speak. To within inch, we try to allocute every word to within inch of its life, and we find this weird marketing voice that scares people. It's like it's not how you talk at the barbecue, it's not how you talk, you know, at a, at, a, at a party. So just just talk normally and 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 be be a little bit. Again, it depends on the style of your show. Mine's relatively informal, um, but it doesn't mean. I mean, at the end of the day, we're all human, right? People talk about business to business and business to consumer. I just talk about people to people. Because at the end of the day, it's people listening, it's people producing it, and that's what you need to focus on. Can we uh, put our hands together for Timbo Reid? Thank, Thank you. you so much.